We're continuing our systematic study of Paul's letter to the church at Rome. Last time we looked at the second half of the fourth chapter where we saw Paul conclude his discussion on how Abraham was justified, declared righteous by his faith. As we read in the uh, starting at the 13th verse, it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless because the law brings wrath and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. The word translated promise is used three times in these four verses, as well as in the 20th and the 21st verse. It's not only a declaration to do something, but it carries with it an implied obligation to see that it gets done. See, I could promise, you know, I could promise whatever, uh, but, but, but the promise is only good if it gets done. The promise is only good if it gets done. Paul writes that because of his faith, God extended his righteousness to Abraham, along with certain promises. What were they? Uh, uh, he would be an incredible number. He would have an incredible number of descendants. He promised them land. He promised that the entire world would be blessed through his faith. In fact, that his heirs would inherit the earth. And when God makes a promise, you can you best believe it's gonna it's it's gonna come to pass. Um, and what started with Abraham continues down through the millennia, through generations, to all of us that call on Christ, that have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But here's the fine print. Promise and relationship are inseparable. Promise and relationship are inseparable. No relationship, no promise. No relationship, no promise. So in the fourth chapter, we saw, we, we went, this is just a, a bit of a review. One, that righteousness is through faith apart from works. Two, that righteousness is through faith apart from circumcision, anything physical. And three, here in the verses 13 through 16, that righteousness is through faith apart from the law. And so Paul concludes uh, his, 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 his presentation, his, his, his passionate argument, if you will, with a fourth argument that righteousness is through faith apart from sight. Verse 17, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it's been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. And since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave God and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. It's, I shared last week, I share now. It's completely impossible for us to put ourselves in the position of how the, the, the faith that Abraham had to have uh, to get up, to pull up stakes, to leave, 
to, 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 to rest on the promise that you're going to have a child. You're, 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 you're hitting a hundred and you're going to have a child. That, that, it just doesn't happen that way. And then when the child came, he, as the writer of Hebrews lets us know, he had faith enough that when God said, hey, take your son, go sacrifice him. He's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Why would he do that? I have faith enough in God that if he tells me to do this, somehow, some way, he'll raise Isaac from the dead. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. So what's your point? Glad you asked. A real relationship will cause you to do some crazy things. Some stuff that you can't explain. Like launching City Church in a garage. <laughs> it's like, it's like you, you, you're kidding me, right? You, this, this is what you're doing? Not quite 100, but at your advanced stage? That's why it's important that you are in right relationship. See, a lot of us will launch out into stuff and, and do stuff. And, think, uh, and then one God, they have that temerity, the audacity to ask God to co-sign. Oh, Lord, bless me. You didn't even ask him when you did what you did. And you want God, come bless me. Oh, please. Right, so Paul summarizes this portion of the text. Verse, uh, uh, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Belief in the saving work of Christ is the only basis for salvation. Belief in the saving work of Christ is the only basis of salvation. As we concluded last week, Faith isn't ignoring the reality of what seems impossible. Faith is seeing the problem and pushing on to the promise. Faith doesn't ignore the problem or the situation. It's like, no, I see it for what it is. Uh, but I'm going to push past that. And I'm going to go for the promise. So today we want to begin at the start of the fifth chapter, first verse, and I, I do hope that you are prepared to, uh, to take notes either on your devices or pieces of paper or pencil. Verse 1 and 2, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. With the simple conjunction here translated, therefore, in just one phrase, Paul has just summarized, you talk about cliff notes, <laughs> he has just summarized chapter 1, verse 18, to chapter 4, verse 25. Chapter 1, verse 18, to chapter 4, verse 25. He just summarized. Since we have been justified through faith. We have been justified through faith. What's the so what? What's the consequence? It's right there. We have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not peace of God, but peace with God. Not a feeling, 
It's not a feeling. It's an objective fact. Uh, what's the difference of pretty much everything? Uh, the peace we enjoy with God is not if I feel at peace. There are many there are there are, there are many folks. Those a lot of folks that worship at uh, Starbucks may acknowledge God, a deity, um, and in their mind they have peace about it. True story. Uh, there was someone I was speaking with a few years ago, back in the gym days, uh, and we're just talking, and I'm, you all know, anybody who knows me more than a minute knows that uh, pastor's always up to something, so I'm, uh, I'm always uh, asking a question that's going to set up for like three statements later, and, uh, but his response really might just, just, just ended the whole conversation. He says, uh, God and I have an understanding. What? God and I have an understanding. That was that was that was his statement. Uh, just because I have peace in my mind doesn't mean that peace exists. Just because I have peace in my mind doesn't mean that peace exists. But on the other hand, what Paul is implying is that we have peace with God even if I don't feel at peace. It's an objective fact. No relationship, no peace. But with a relationship, we have peace. You know me, I'm not going to go into the language. Yeah, yeah, we did Greek, we did Hebrew, we did all that. But Irene, the Septuagint translation of the Hebrew word shalom, which we really all shalom, peace, brother. You know, it's just like you have no clue what you're saying. Peace, peace, peace. It's not just the absence of physical violence or harsh words or saluting someone in your car as they cut you off. That's, 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 it's, it's a 360 peace of mind, body, and soul. It is, it is that, 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 thing that we're always looking for when we go on vacations, but we somehow always come up a little short. And that's why we always say, I need a vacation for my vacation. It didn't quite turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out. You know, that's kind of like life uh, in, a, in many ways. Uh, but the peace we have with God uh, is not through anything I did or can do, but catch this, through our Lord Jesus Christ. But here's, here's where it really gets good. Look what Paul adds. See, because the words translated, we have gained. Okay? The words here in the NIV that's translated, we have gained, is just a single word in the Greek. And uh, Mrs. Meeks, and you English majors, it's a perfect active verb. It's a perfect active verb. Verb. What does that mean? It means that the action is in the past, it's completed, and it got continuing benefits. As they say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. What this means is that the peace we now have with God is through the completed work of our Savior, Jesus Christ, but it's a gift that keeps on 
giving. We have ongoing eternal access to God's grace and his peace. Okay, so I know I didn't get the response maybe I thought I was hoping for. Uh, but these two verses alone ought to be enough uh, to send everybody into a shouting frenzy. Maybe when you go home and, 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 and really contemplate it. Uh, because maybe your closet isn't filled with skeletons like mine is. I just, again, you got a clean closet. Everything's all nicely racked up. And, but like I said, you don't look at, uh, I won't look at the skeletons in your closet. You don't look at the T-Rex uh, fossils in mine. It's like, no, no, we, we, we won't do that. Uh, uh, we have a transcendent peace now and forever. We should never, and I do mean never, ever worry about am I good enough? That's a settled, that's a settled issue. Am I good enough? No, you're not good enough, but don't worry about it. <laughs> no, you're not good enough. Do I, do I, I mean, I have come from traditions, I know traditions where life is lived on spiritual eggshells. You're just one screw up from hell. You've been living all life. It's just, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good until I'm not. And I die. Oh, God, where am I going? What kind of life is that? Uh, you don't think it exists. I know, I know. Of course, city church, we're different. We understand. We're, we're theologians. We, we don't get caught up in that stuff. But it's your buddy at Starbucks and other places that are caught up in that. Uh, what can I do to earn salvation? Nothing. So, no living life on spiritual eggshells. Uh, that's why Paul ends the second verse with a boast. That's why, I mean, it's like you, you think, you just look at the etymology, and you just look at how, how words are used in conjunction with other words. And it's like, that's why he says, and we boast. And the word boast is not just like, you know, I'm just kind of like popping my lapels or anything. It's like, oh, I'm a boast. No, it's, it, 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 it conveys the, the uh, 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 shouting, if you will. I, that's why I'm yelling about the hope of glory of God. Because when I fully understand who I am, whose I am, what's been done on my behalf, then it's just like, man, I'm going to tell somebody. I, I, you know, you want to really brag? You want to, yeah. Here, here's, 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 here's your opportunity to brag. When you really understand these verses. And I dare you. I dare you, Charlene. I haven't seen your Facebook stream lately, so I can't even say you haven't been doing it. Uh, uh, if you want to really brag, lose the pictures of food. And put on there, you know, I want to brag about Jesus Christ saved me from hell. You want to really brag? Brag about that. And we, we like to brag about stuff. Crap. We just, we, we just want to brag about, it's like, that's not brag worthy. Oh, I got a new car. Rich people have new cars. I got a new house. A lot of people have new houses. We need to elevate what we brag about. I, I say with repetition, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, God has saved me from hell. If he, if he doesn't do anything else, everything else is gravy. Everything else is overtime. It's bonus. I, I'm free from worry about hell. Yeah, you all can weep for me when I, when I pass. You know, say, shed a few tears, say a few words. Nate, be sure and say a few words, nice words. Uh, but you don't have to worry about, oh, poor Pastor Meeks. It's like, no, Pastor Meeks is in the presence of the Lord. I'm good. 
No, I'll be good. I'll be worried about you all if, 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 I, if I could. Hopefully, it'll just scratch that from my memory banks. But uh, 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 that's why I boast uh, that one glad morning when this life is over, Sister Jones, I'll fly away. Uh, or I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, am I glad. You want to boast, boast about that? Lose the food. You know, lose the food. Look, it's, 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 we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we have an opportunity to boast about stuff that the see, see, the angels can't even sing about what we got going on. Listen, we've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. God gave us that song. We've been redeemed. We have to be boasting about it. I'm, I know, okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to be much longer, so maybe it's like, look, we need to understand who we are and whose we are. Oh, you know, if we boast. I mean, it's like, my kid got on a roll. I mean, I mean, it's okay. Pastor, you're such a Debbie Downer. It's just like, it's like, seriously, the stuff we boast about is, 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 is garbage. My kid got on a roll. A lot of kids got on a roll. The grades don't even mean anything these days. They give us, you, you get ribbons when you compete for just competing. You don't even win. You just competed. You get a ribbon. Oh, it's like, I boast. I boast. I'm boasting. Let me boast. God loves me. I don't know why. me. I wouldn't even love me. I, you know, it shows you got no chance. So, I mean, it's just like, it's only through the transformation in each of our lives that we're able to do and say the things we do. I won't, I promise, verse 3, we're not, we're not here long, Diane. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. Now this can seem more than a bit strange given the previous shout in verse 2. See, but that's if you didn't go to Bible study on Wednesday and you're not a part of a small group and you start plucking, as a lot of us do, pluck verses out of context and I try and apply them to everyday life. Where there were two or three gathered together. It's like, look at the verse in the context. of it. Like you wouldn't be using that. You wouldn't be using that. Well, you know, if there's only two people here, God's here. Yeah, that's true. But that's not what that verse means, okay? <laughs> uh, looking at the verse apart from what proceeds and follows, it just creates confusion. Paul writes, in a matter of fact, of course we know. Of course we know. It's, it's idiot, cloth ears. Of course we know. Uh, it only makes sense. When we have a proper grasp of justi justification, relationship, standing, and love. See, Paul isn't talking about uh, suffering that I didn't get the promotion. That's not the kind of suffering he's talking about. That's like you just didn't get the promotion. Or the last box of Cheez-Its at the checkout line are gone. It's like, well, they're just gone. Oh, I'm suffering. I didn't get the last box. No, that's not what he's talking about. As one theologian writes... Paul says Christians should rejoice or exult in their difficulties, 
not meaning they should be happy in their troubles, but they should delight in what these troubles will do in their lives. As it is made clear in the list that follows, the New Testament teaching on trials is quite illuminating. I don't know about you. See, you're, you're a better learner than I am. But my lessons, my life lessons, are best learned when I go through stuff. And, and, and trust me, hear me. I mean, hear what I'm saying. I don't want to go back through any of those things and experience again so I can uh, uh, get the blessing on the other side. But I've gone through them. And I'm just sharing with you that the, that, that the, the molding and the shaping and the character building that has, that has resulted from me going through this suffering... I mean, I'm going down the freeway, mad, crying, crying, mad, crying. Did I say mad? I'm mad. I'm crying. And I'm gripping the wheel like my, my fingers are turning white. I'm just like, I will never forgive this person for what they did to me. I said it and I meant it. I will never forgive this person for what they did to me. And just as quickly as I said it, I mean, I, I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. I, I don't care what you believe or what you, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, spoke to me and said, but how much did I forgive you? That just chopped my eyes like I was both scared and, and, and I shut up. I was like, whoa, what? You're not, you have the temerity not to forgive someone? How much did I forgive you? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I just, I, I'm done. I got too many stories to tell you about suffering and what it means and how we are shaped through that. Oh, Lord, you know, don't, 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 don't take me through that. It's, well, that's why, well, that's why I need to go to the gym because I don't want to suffer. Anyway, um, verse five, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. I like how the New Living Translation uh, uh, presents this verse. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how clearly God loves us. How dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We know how dearly God loves us. No disappointment. We'll know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Um, I've discovered in me and by observation in others that uh, much of life's issues is, is rooted in not understanding how much we're loved. That we really don't value us. We don't, we don't know how much we're loved. Um, and what's worse, as the song intones, we look for love in all the wrong faces and places. That's how we, that's what we do. We, 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 we look, we, we don't know what, if we got the L-O-V-E and, and get, put it down on a Scrabble board, we'd probably spell something else. Um, we don't even know what love is. Um, 
I guess that's why God gave us children. <laughs> you know, I think about it. Uh, one of the things that my mother-in-law has said, uh, children will never love parents as much as the parents love them. Uh, that's so true. That's so true. And the, 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 the uh, evolution, if you will, the full understanding of what love really is doesn't come home until the child has children. Then you get it. Man, my parents, man, they really love me. I wish my kids, I mean, how many times have you said it or you've heard others say it? I wish my kids really knew how much they love me. Don't you wish we understood how much God loves us? It just, ah, I'm done. Ephesians 3 reads, I pray that out of his glory, glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Uh, so I'll leave you with this question. Really ask yourself. Really, really, really ask yourself. Do you know how much you're loved? If you do, when you do, I guarantee your behavior, your focus, your desires will change. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again, we want to say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for... Uh, sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being able to uh, uh, work through these five verses of uh, Paul's letter to the church of Rome, to the church at Sacramento, to the church in Oak Park, to the church at whatever address we all live. Father, thank you. Thank you for, the, for just being in fellowship with one another. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for the word. Let it continue to mold and shape us into your image. We love you, Father. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's go home. Let's, let's do some serious, let's do some serious uh, evangelism and discipleship as we uh, go out into a world, as I like to share, that neither knows nor loves Christ. Uh, but they may know you. And so you become that, that, that reflected light of Christ. So again, um, thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Um, again, just, just, just let's love on one another. And uh, we hope to see you, uh, if God spares us, on Friday, uh, 6 o'clock, uh, either here or in the 56th sanctuary or in the 31 sanctuary. And we, let's just fellowship with one another. Bow your heads and hearts with me again. Again, our Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. I don't know why. I don't know why Jesus loved us so much, Father. I, I don't know why. But it was all part of your perfect plan. 
And Father, as we understand the, the perfection of your plan, then we are uh, better able to grasp the, 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 the absolute uh, depth of your, your love and affection for us, your creation. Father, you, you bless us in so many ways, so many ways. Father, let us not be uh, callous, let us not be casual, but let us be active in uh, both our understanding and application of uh, the relationship that we claim to possess. Father, now be with us, keep us, keep us from the, the, the work and the, the schemes of the evil one. Father, keep us from uh, the lust and the desires of the world. And Father, please save us from ourselves. Father, let us have a deeper understanding of just how much we are loved. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be with us. Give us traveling grace until we meet again. We ask it all in the name of your precious Son, my Savior, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Hug your family. How's that?